everybody. Welcome back to Top Bends with Twins. We are excited today to have on a special guest, one of our FPL Mini League rivals, Kyle. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I wouldn't say it's a uh, pleasure after the last week I just had, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> said, like, said like a man who is beaten down right now. <laughs> Yeah, was was not pretty, but no, glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Kyle. We we appreciate you joining us and helping us kind of unravel the future for FPL, right? Because there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Oh yeah, um, yeah. a lot yeah. of tribulations going on in FPL. Yeah, how about instead of doing an overview of just the last week, how about we talk about the last couple of weeks? How are we feeling about our teams right now? Um, and what, what issues do we see in the near future for our teams? Well, would you like to start, Kyle, or you want me to start? You can go ahead and start. <laughs> um, so last week was a really good week for me, actually. I had I made my best transfer of the season last week. I can't even lie. I'm going to call an ISO, and I'm just going to talk for a little bit here because – I decided this to bring was, in. This was pre-planned. <laughs> it wasn't even like I was going to do it either way. But I mean, like last, I think it was last Thursday and maybe like Wednesday, Thursday range. I started playing around with the idea of bringing in another Arsenal attacker because I already had Sokka. And so I was like, Odegaard's, he's all right. Like whatever. That's like the, that was the easy decision to make. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to bring in Kai Havertz. He's in, he's in pretty good form. They were playing um, Newcastle at home. And I was like, you know what? Let's just bring him in. And he delivered, man. A goal and an assist. Probably he should have had another goal. But, I mean, I'll take a 14-pointer out of him. I mean, that's his highest scoring return of the year in FPL so far. Mm-hmm. So that one helped a lot. It ended up on 64 points with a negative four. So 1.3 million overall. That was a good week. I mean, it, it could have turned out a lot better for me. I, my back line, again, um, was absolute shit. I had Botman with a negative two and, and Moreno with a negative one. And then Chan got hurt. Darwin was out. Like my, my team's a mess right now, but I did bring mm-hmm. in Kai Havard, so that's yep. that's where I'm that's where I'm drawing the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Draw the line right there. It's a shame you don't have arson, double arsenal defense. Paul, come on. Come I mean on. I have one. I've been white. You got a <laughs> pointer. <laughs> Dude, I was I, really – no offense to anyone owning Arsenal assets, but I was really glad that um, Arsenal conceded that goal. The end yeah, that was, that was kind of um, – that was kind of really shitty, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Luke, just to catch up with our mini-league rival uh, and leader, Jerry. He has double – Jerry. <laughs> he has double Arsenal defense and uh, – you know, I've I've hedged my risk there, and I I have Gabriel, but he has yeah. uh, Gabriel and Saliba, so it's yeah. kind of that double-edged sword for me. If they if they give up a goal, it's kind of hurts him double. But if they uh, you know, if, if they keep a clean sheet, then you know I, I hedge my loss, and I still get the clean sheet for one of the two center backs. But yeah, tough tough run. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a couple weeks for me. <laughs> I mean, the, the simple fact, though, is that, like, Arsenal's defense has been absolutely elite since, like, 
game week 19, essentially. Yeah, I think they've been great, right? But even better than that, their set pieces have come out of nowhere, right? And these goals that Gabriel could have had four or five goals, right? At this point, I think he has three, maybe. You know, he got credited another one retroactively that didn't count. Yeah. Um, Saliba's got a couple in there as well. Kivior just got one too. Like, it's incredible how Arsenal are scoring all, scoring all these goals from set pieces. It's, it's pretty impressive and something to target, right? So, in my mind, if you're looking for a really cheap enabler, Declan Rice might be a really good path to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's his side point right now, Luke? Uh, I do not know. I can look real quick. But, um, but it is important to note, right, that always in the back of our minds right now, we're going to be thinking about who's playing in 29 and who's not, especially if you're not free-hitting. Arsenal do not play in 29. So bringing in an Arsenal asset right now, a little difficult, even if you're targeting that Sheffield picture, which looks really good. Yeah, so this is really interesting, guys. Um, Declan Rice is 5.4 million. Mm-hmm. He's on 104 points for the year in FPL. And Odegaard, who is 8.5, is on 116. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Think about the quality you get from Declan Rice as a open four. I mean, he's on corners. He's He has a lot of, like, he has weeks where he can score, too. So, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he, he, the, one, the one caveat I would say to that is <clears throat> the only thing that I'd be a little weary about with, with Declan Rice is just his when he does perform, he does perform, but there's going to be a lot of weeks. He's going to have a lot of weeks where he's only scoring two or three, Um, Mm -hmm. just kind of looking through his stuff now. Like he he does have 104 points, but 17 of those came against West Ham where he had a goal and two assists. So there's a big chunk of his points right there. So not a bad differential shout. If you're going for maybe like a one week, um, kind of just trying to get that differential in there or, you have someone injured or, you know, we have blanks coming up, bring them in for, yeah. for one of those, but mm-hmm. just yeah. don't be prepared for, don't, don't bring him in expecting returns every week. He will more than likely get two or three points most weeks with right. that occasional spurt of a couple goals, couple of assists. Yeah. yeah. I, ultimately, I think the biggest thing here with Arsenal, if you tried to hedge in the midfield, you're probably going to be wrong at this point, right? Because Sokka's on 169 total points. The next closest midfielder is Odegaard, and he's on 116, right? You're looking at a 53-point difference there, and that's huge, right? Say you went with Odegaard instead of Sokka six or seven weeks ago, you are certainly regretting that now. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll kind of touch on this later in the pod, but we'll talk about the three assets we think everybody should own going forward. In the little mm-hmm. stretch run, but I think there's one Arsenal player that for sure should be on that list. But like I said, we'll we'll get there. Sounds good. Yeah, let's not jump the gun there. Um, I guess I will do my little review for the past week. So I had a pretty good week. Um, ended up on 68 points. Performers of the week were Douglas Luiz. I I mean, he's been a great pick for me, especially at home. Anytime they play at Villa Park, he's been incredible. Um, Watkins with the goal, Holland with the assist, Foden, who has been Kyle, being the City fan, do you think Foden has been their best player this season? But also, quick follow-up, how do you feel about the oil money? <laughs> <laughs> hey, need money somehow. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I think I think the best player is definitely between Foden and Alvarez this season for for City. Um, I think Foden. I think I, I would go with Foden just because even though there are games where he doesn't score, he is mostly having a positive influence on the game. He's typically always involved, um, and he was creating a lot of chances in that De Bruyne absence. Um, I, I still think his best role is a number nine sitting behind um, – either Holland or Alvarez and just having kind of like that free roam role where he can yeah. pick up the little spaces. Cause I think he, he has really flourished in that this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. But again, just, just a caveat. I think it also just shows the class and differential that De Bruyne has against everyone in the league and possibly okay. in that position overall, because he has come back and completely transform this team and you do feel for Foden a little bit because of no matter how much um, either how much he, he's impressed this season De Bruyne coming back and already having I, I forget what it was but he had like seven assists in five games and just he just had the, that four assists to Holland um, midweek against Luton just shows that he's on a different level and you, you feel for Foden a little bit, but yeah, he, he has been playing well. Um, and I hope that he keeps getting a run even with Pep Roulette coming up. Um, I hope he continues to get his chances in the team because he, he's been on form. And I think a lot of that has to do with him finally getting consistent minutes. Yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest part for me. He's, He's gone out and publicly said that he loves playing through the middle. You can even see from the start of the season to now, he's so much better at finding those little half spaces. And I think he's one of the best in the Premier League at turning the exact right way to send a defender the wrong way and then find a little bit more space, right? With so a really packed between the lines area. Go ahead, Paul. No, I was just saying he's one of the best in the world at like, picking the ball up in that space and just putting so much pressure on a defense constantly, you know? He is. Yeah, he definitely is. Like, so. Honestly, KDB is probably one of the, like a, probably one of the only five people in the world that would take him out of that spot, you know? Mm-hmm. But KDB does it in different ways, I think. Yeah, he does. He, he does. He's able to stretch a defense in different ways, but Foden's a little more direct in how he does it. Yeah, um, balls feed a lot more. But um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting to talk about City because they, I think they're gonna thrash some people um, here in the upcoming weeks. But they do have a difficult run. Um, so let me see where they are at. Uh, starting with, I mean, even just game week twenty-eight. So one game week away, they have Liverpool away. And then they go Arsenal at home, Dude, and then they play Villa. That that's one of the things I wanted to highlight on this pod is that like how how difficult and how much it's going to tell us about how the like four weeks from now we're going to have a completely different idea of what the title picture looks like, you know. But I mean, even even this, I just overlooked it. They have the Manchester Derby on Sunday, right? Yeah, that's going to be 
huge it's sunday right is there it's saturday i think it's later sunday right um no it's 9 30 um but i can't i can't remember what day it is i know it's at 9 30 on on sunday gotcha all right cool good 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 30 eastern for everybody out there for um eastern yes so adjust to your your time time zone but and then plus five if you're in the british time zone (laughs) Um, you know yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, really, the best thing about my team this week was bringing in eight Norby with Wolves. Um, I got very fortunate to get an assist and a clean sheet from him. That it worked out really well. Actually, a good transfer. Probably the first one I've had in a long time where bring a player in and then they return that next, that very week. So I'm happy with that. But I'm a little skeptical about my team for 29. Um, I think everybody now, was like... As of now, I have five players. Um so I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do for that. Um, Kyle and Paul, where are you all sitting at with Game Week 29 with the big blink? Go ahead, Kyle. Forget. I mean, I for me, it's just kind of a a no brainer. Um, I don't have very many. Let me pull up my team real quick. But I do not have very many playing that week. Um, looks like I have like four. So, um, you know, I think that's just a lot of popular teams are blanking that week and I don't want to necessarily transfer out people just to, just for that one week. Um, I know the fixtures aren't very exciting, Mm -hmm. uh, which I know can sometimes shy people away and, you know, it, some people might hold their free hit, considering that so many teams are blanking that it's a very limited option and that I feel like a popular route will be not to free hit and just field a partial team, which um, I don't think you can go wrong there either. Just for me, it makes the most sense to do it game week 29. Um, it's kind of been my plan and... I'm just going to try and stick to it because I've had a couple down weeks where I, I've known that they're coming just because the way I've, I've set up my team. Um, injuries have also played a part in that. But mm-hmm. yeah, who, who were the big injuries that you had in your team? Well, I mean, I, I've had some bad, la- bad luck the past couple weeks, but I. Yeah. There's been the two main injuries for the season for me was Holland, where um, I held Holland for for a little bit. I did end up selling him for a couple weeks, but I held on to him, I think, just a little too long to um, really do anything, make a difference. Right. That was a really tough call because we, yeah, uh, that was your friend. I had Trent for a week, but luckily I did not have him. when he got injured. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was, that was lucky for me. And then, um, I mean, Salah, I, I held him through the, um, the AFCON just because of how much value I had invested in him. Um, it's just, it was really hard for me and let me look at it real quick, but, um, I got Salah at, 12.5 and I think the lowest he dropped was like 12.9 
where even if I sold him, I was still only getting like a plus 0.2, um, mm-hmm. like at 12.7, and I'd still lose about 0.2 whenever I wanted to bring it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like a really good idea when he came on in the first game of the double and had a goal and assist. Yeah. But then he didn't play. And the person that he replaced was Jata, who was in my team that week, um, which did hurt me a little bit, but not too much because I was already planning on transferring him out the following week. Mm-hmm. But um, that and then um, also Cunha having him and of course I had him for the past couple weeks and then I did transfer him out for the week that he got the hat trick figures and then I brought him and then I I did bring him back in and then he got injured um so I literally did not have him for the one week that I should have had him um but you know that happens so just really um Really, a little rough the past past couple of weeks for me um, because knowing that I was holding players that were on either international duty or injured um, for the part of not wanting to, because I, I knew if I sold them, I would not be able to make the team that I want kind of for this last little stretch of the season. So, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Oh, Kyle, talk. Go ahead, Luke. Do you have, go ahead. You got it. Talking about free hitting, I think there's a lot of different mentalities going into it. It seems like you want to free hit in 29. I think I'm of the mindset when you free, when I free hit, I want to maximize it. And I think a double game week is a, for me, a better way to maximize, you know? So, I mean, and it, it really all depends on your, on your view of it and what your plan mm-hmm. is. Because my whole, my whole view is I would rather free hit this week or um, not this week, 29. 29. And I would love to bench boost during a big double game week where most players are, where where most teams are doubling. um, And you just have a really solid chance that week of picking up some massive points. I mean, Paul, you should know about that. You you leave a lot of points on the bench. If just imagine if you bench I boost. I do, but here's the bench know. boost expert. Listen, <laughs> he bench the, boosts every uh, week. <laughs> listen, the plot is totally there. Here's what's gonna happen. When I bench boost, there's gonna be zero points across my bench. You just wait. I'm calling it now. I'm gonna clip this shit and I'm gonna put it everywhere on social media when that happens because it's gonna happen. The bench boost god is back. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be funny to create an FPL account. FPL bench boost god. <laughs> you should you should make a rival podcast to this one, Paul. <laughs> Honestly, that would be really funny. Like on, I guess yeah. If you hear this, that didn't happen. If there an account pops up like that, oh, yeah. and I yeah, release everyone, like just my week every week, that would be that'd be kind of funny. Everyone's gonna believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um. I think like like we always talk about in the pod, like it kind of just depends on your team setup, how you want to play the game, which is it's good. I think it's really good that Kyle has one mentality. I have another. Luke has a different one. So that way, people listening have all these different options they can go for. You know. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's important to create a plan and try and stick to it. Obviously, stuff is going to come up. This these past couple weeks have been a really big. Um, Horrible. Example of that with injuries, and now, now we know which teams are blanking and stuff. All that coming up, and you know, even 
now that now that city are blanking in um now that city are blanking and they're gonna have another double game week mm-hmm. gives people another chance for that um holland triple captain and you know it is it is a little scary because we are getting to busy time of the of the year but i really do think that obviously these next couple weeks are going to be huge for the title race, but if City are right there in the title race and they are neck and neck, one game difference, like Holland will be playing those games. It oh, does yeah. not matter how congested their fixture is, Holland will be playing those games. And yeah. if Holland is playing, there is a chance that he will go off. I think my concern, right, with saving that triple captain for, say, let's say City double in 37, right? And they... At this point in time, if we book that in as where we're going to use our triple captain, we don't know that City haven't already run away with the title. And in that situation, as happened last year, there was a lot of rotation. And there was, I, I remember what, I think I, I had big issues in my team because I think KDB and Holland were both rotated for the last week. It was either 37 or 38 of last season. And I really it hurt my team a lot. Um, So with that in mind, I think that it's risky, but it could really pay out if you were to triple captain, say Holland. I mean, so Luke, if we look at it, according to Ben Krellen, the FPL spreadsheet, God city could have a possible double in 37 where they play Fulham. And then well, they're, in the second game, they'll play Tottenham or Brighton. If that ends up being Fulham, Brighton, and there's a close title race where gold ri- get, ugh, I can't talk gold differentials at play. I mean, those are two matches where Holland could score five, like he did against um, Luton. Honestly, right. So there is balance to it. I, I see. I see your point exactly. But I mean, like Fulham and Brighton are two really good attacking fixtures, in my opinion. They are. I agree. But there's also the possibility of Liverpool having a double as well. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. they could double in 34 and play Fulham and Everton, or they could double in 37 and play Villa and then Fulham or Everton. Mm-hmm. So there is the shout of, if you think it's possible, you just throw that triple captain on slot, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very hard and kind of just to the point that Luke's saying is that the farther, the longer and longer you wait to play these chips, the more kind of locked in in your decisions that you are, because say if, if I think a popular one's going to be triple captaining Solanke. Um, but if you don't do that, then you're either one waiting for that right one game week fixture where you are fairly confident someone's going to pop off. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you are waiting for a double, you really are limiting your options. And especially because we may not know what the double game weeks are going to look like. Right. Just hoping that you get a lucky a lucky draw or yeah. or something like that, and then all the other factors come to play. Injuries, we know. I know Solanke's injured, but Solanke is nailed in to play if he is. I, yeah, I was talking to some people about this today, and I firmly, firmly believe either he starts and plays, or he's not going to play at all. Right, so he's one of those people where if you're going to captain him this week or even play him, that next first up on your bench and your vice captain are going to be really important because I just don't see if he starts, he's going to play. But on the bench, why bring him on at risk being injured again when you have a really busy week coming up? And also, 
you know, you're playing Sheffield and Luton. Those are two teams that Sheffield, not as much, but Luton, you're very close on the table. And that's some at home. You want to win that match. Yeah. Um, I can see them. Targeting, um, and I mean, that, honestly, it appears from the, all the possibilities we have that the Sheffield and Luton for Bournemouth is possibly the best attacking fixtures. Yeah. They're going to exist within these doubles. And yeah. we know with the way the season's gone slunky, he, he finishes his chances, right? He's not highly efficient, but he's going to get enough chances with the way Bournemouth play that he could have two, three, maybe even more goals across those two fixtures. Not even that. I mean, he, he's involved in all their plays. I mean, you always see him with assists as well. And I think, you know, just the way that I also look at it is that if, if this was really any other team other than Burnley, like just imagine some of the other teams that would, even if it was like United, like I feel like a lot of people would triple captain Hoyland with the form that he was on. Yeah. If he had fixtures against Sheffield Luton. Like it is just an attacking dream to have that as a double um, in, in FPL. Um, it, it's just, it's going to be really hard if, if I decide, cause that is my plan to do that. But if I decide not to do that, it, that will be a very hard and very risky, um, you know, pass on that. It definitely, it definitely will be. Um, for the people listening who can't see this at the moment, I'm screen sharing Bournemouth's XG overall for the season. Um, they have probably a cumulative XG of, what is it, 39.69. Slonky has almost half of that, right? It just shows how intricate he is to how they play. His XA is very low, um, but I mean, he has 14 goals, 3 assists for the season. That's incredible. And if you would have told a Bournemouth fan that at the start of the season, they would have been jumping for joy, right? He's had an exceptional season, and I think he's going to continue that form because that's just that's who he's been all season long. Yeah, yeah, I'd say he's he's had a really good year. He's probably primed to move to a big club next year, depending on where Bournemouth, especially if Bournemouth go down, he's for sure gone. So, yeah, but they'll be sharing, selling at a discounted rate, which they do not want to do. Yeah, yeah, but um. Where would, um, let's see, there was something I was going to say about that. Yeah, um, we'll be sure to post Ben Krellen's schedule on our socials because that's basically what we're translating from all these, all the double information. And it's just, it's a wealth of information, really. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to go through, especially when he's going through the different permutations and everything that could possibly happen. Yeah. That the math is a lot at that point. <laughs> um, Paul, I don't, do you want to share what your plan is for 29? How are you going to approach this? Um, so I was kind of playing around with some different ideas today and I'm still like, I talked, like we talked about earlier, I'm open to the idea of free hitting in 29, but I also, I don't know, like to me, I can make transfers this week, next week. And I have an idea about me and like where little finito is on the podcast right now. What a cute. But so I have the idea essentially, we and Luke were talking about this, and I think we've had this idea before that bringing in a Luton defender when they double in 28 this week is a really good move because essentially you're cutting your risk for a negative four and you get in somebody that's going to, they're going to double and then they also play in the blank too. So it, that seems like a really good option. So I think kind of like 
pairing together those doubles with the blank game weeks where you're essentially, if you get two starts out of someone and they get at least get the two points, you're cutting mm-hmm. your negative four out essentially. So it's not, it's not like, it's not a real negative four at the end of the day when you really think about it. And if they get a return, even better, you know? So especially if you're making a move to a player you really want. I'm not saying just take a negative four for shits and gigs, but sometimes we do that, right? Sometimes it's just, it's, it makes FPL fun. Yeah, but I, th- I think my goal is to have, if I don't free hit, I want at least probably seven, like probably eight plus players starting in my team. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it, sense. And it's, it's just so upsetting, though, having three Arsenal players. And if Chelsea would have just lost to Leeds, it, mm-hmm. it just would have made life so much easier for me. And then the day, yeah. put, that's the situation yeah. we're in, you know? And then, and then Chan gets hurt too. Like Wangi Chan goes down with an injury, and my team's in shambles again. Honestly, Pe- Pedro Poro may not play. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Actually, let's just let's just look at it right now because mine as well. <laughs> yeah, and then Darwin's out too. I brought in. Honestly, I think Adebayo was probably my worst transfer of the season. Yeah, taking Hoyland out, but at least you did. You missed one week. And then he got hurt. So it's he not. He did get an assist. He got an assist the week I brought him in. And then he got hurt. Miss, and then it seems like he's going to miss the double. So. Yeah. We'll see what I do. But I, I have different ideas. Um, but I'm hoping to not free hit in 29 is the end goal. Yeah. I get that. I, I see why you're saying that. And I think I'm very similar in that way where I think I'm going to be trying to just fill as many as I possibly can. And just get through it. Um, and ideally, I'd like to be coming out of 29 with two free transfers. That puts me in a pretty tough spot. That's a lot to ask for, dude. You get to that. That's a lot to ask for. I would end up with about eight players, right? If I just use my free transfers. Uh, don't know if I love that. But what I am thinking about doing, because I have two free transfers this week, is using two and then even taking a negative four this week to get my team ready. You and then I can roll in twenty-eight. Actually I can just roll and I can make a transfer twenty-eight, roll on the twenty-nine, and then thirty on the back end, have two free transfers. Um, and I think that would put me in a unique position as opposed to a lot of other managers. Because even if you free hit, you'll be coming out with one free transfer. Um, so I have a fun question for you all. Yes. What week would you wild card then right now? I know what I already Kyle, which one would you wild card? <laughs> That's a dick question, Paul. <laughs> Interesting. Just for everybody out there, Kyle has already used his wild card. Wow, they couldn't tell by the way you asked the question, Paul. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear, Luke. I'm not trying to mislead yeah. our listeners. It's, it's very kind of you to do that. Very kind. Like, Kyle, uh, the ball out for you. The let, let Kyle talk. Kyle, you're our guest. What week would you wildcard if you had one? <laughs> um, it's rough because I haven't really had a plan for that. <laughs> um, I haven't I had that. I'm plan putting you on the spot. But um, I don't... At quick glance, I mean, I think for a lot of teams... It again. It all. It all really depends on where your team is. Um, uh-huh. 
game week 30 has a lot of favorable fixtures. Um, but I know like currently a lot of people probably have double or triple city, which like, I think, and I am one of those people who have three city assets that after this week, one of them has to be gone with their upcoming run of fixtures. Um, So difficult. It's such a tough run. So, I mean, there's that along with blanks and everything. I mean, I think game week 30 looks like a good turn of fixtures for some teams. Um, right after the, um, right after that kind of blank game week. So if you're not planning on free hitting in 29, um, I think game week 30 might be a good time for you to wild card because you get your team ready. Um, but with so little, um, so little games, you're going to be very heavy on few teams if you're not free hitting. Um, so might be a good idea to do it then. But otherwise, I, I really think that or maybe 32, but yeah. any other time after that, I feel like you're just kind of leaving it a little too late to get a really big benefit out of your wild card. I think um, I think there's a possibility like 34, if you wild card into 34, and then you set up your team for 34 and 37, it could possibly work, but I agree. I think like 32 is probably the range. What, what do you think, Luke? All right, I'm just gonna lay out for you all what my plan is. No, don't don't do that. Why not? I'm just kidding. Paul, Paul, oh, oh, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Jerry's listening, Luke. Jerry knows all. Let's just assume he knows everything that's gonna happen ever. So Jerry, Jerry is an open book. He openly told me that he was going to triple Captain Holland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He he would happily tell us all this stuff. I think so. Loosely, this could change, right? I think my plan is of now, I'm going to triple captain in 28. That's going to be on Slanke as long as he looks healthy. Maybe that was going to happen. If he does not, that's going to change everything about my chip usage from there because I'll have to, I might be looking at Liverpool. I might be looking at City, trying to find just a good double option after that. Right. So it'll be 34, 37. We're going to be using my triple captain. I want to get my team that I currently have all the way up to game week 33. Then my plan is to wild card in 33 as long as the doubles look good, right? If there's doubles that I want to attack, I'm happy with that because with the wild card in 33, then I can bench boost a great team in for 34 and have 15 doublers. That's what my plan would be. Um, And then hopefully from there, that would allow me to have a good team for 35, 36, 37. And then I'd be looking at free hitting in either 37 or 38. I kind of like the idea of 37 is interesting because there's a lot of doubles or there could be a lot of doubles. But on top of that as well, I like the idea of my free hit for 38 and just picking the absolute best players uh, for 38 that a lot of people wouldn't have. And I can kind of get a little differential with that too. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good plan. I think. Um, I really, I really love the idea of wild carding into like a bench boost for one of the doubles, where you just pull in a full team of doublers for that one given week, and just maximize the amount of games you get out of it. You know. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, I wanted to go back to a point you just raised, Kyle, about Man City. 
you said that you feel like about the city so much on this podcast. No, it just, it, I mean, I wonder why highly owned assets, right? Um, my question to you though, is would you drop, say you have, I think currently you have Holland and KDB, right? And Walker and Walker is Holland the must keep out of all of those. In my opinion, I think he is. Absolutely. Um, I think Holland is, yeah, uh, it, it's just kind of as simple as that. Just looking at it, De Bruyne, love him, but coming off of his injury and his age, he's going to get rotated. Um, we, yeah. We've seen that that he's he's going to be the one that they're going to hold on um, if they have two game weeks and they're in the Champions League. Right. If they don't have a crucial must-win match, or if they have a match that they should win comfortably, say, like, let's see, um, in, like, 32-33, they've got Crystal Palace, Luton, and, like, those are games that they should win pretty comfortably, and they should not need him. So, right. I can see them, if they're still in the Champions League and other competitions, him not starting those games, and if needed, he'll come off the bench. Um, yeah, but that is just something that, and Walker as well, Walker, their back line, I I don't think anybody really in city's back line other than Ederson is Mm -hmm. really nailed on. They're they're also going to get rotated. Um, so for me, it would be Holland is the must keep. And I think De Bruyne would be the one to sell just because the money invested in him is just too high to have that be a right risk yeah yeah and as we saw in the midweek right against luton he can go off for five goals in any game yeah right? and and that's that is the hard part because i mean as a city fan and, and watching him week in week out like i know what he does and i see right how much he can contribute and the upside like he has a very high ceiling but I mean, we saw him in the um, in the double game week where he didn't play the second second game, and he, he does have a pretty low floor as well because he has a rotation risk. Yeah, and he feel, he feels pretty isolated in their attack too sometimes, right? Where it, sometimes it feels like he gets six touches in the match. Yeah, uh, and and also there there are times where it's like it's it's a blessing and a curse that sometimes when City do need a goal, they just give him the ball and hope for him to do something with it, and that can really limit his impact as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a big thing too, though, like is I don't think that that occurs so much less frequently whenever KDB's in the picture, like whenever he plays with Holland the connection from the front line to the back line to the midfield, it just, it just works so much better because he's, he, that's, he's amazing at connecting everybody, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that De Bruyne gets Holland the most. I mean, Holland is very much someone who likes to be running through on goal. Um, he, yeah, he, for sure. Yeah. What, what was this? I don't remember exactly the stat, but I, I saw that he's been like called off, offsides like once in yeah, I saw that too. Like, in, in such a long amount of time like he yeah. he is very good at running off the the shoulder of defenders and yeah. he is strong enough to do it but i feel like when de bruyne wasn't in the team and when de bruyne was injured that those chances were very much limited because of one the 
I don't think really anybody else, I mean, even Foden, nobody else in City's team sees those runs or, yeah. or understands that he's going to make them. And two, they don't have the quality to place them like De Bruyne has. So it, it really does. Uh, Luke, you, you touched on it earlier. I think when De Bruyne is in the game, it really rises De Bruyne's value or it really rises Holland's value a yeah. lot. But yeah, he, yeah he, he would be the one to answer your question. That would probably be the sell in my team um, of yeah. the city. Asset. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we should get to our top three assets going forward. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, as our guest, Kyle, would you like to go first, or how about how about we do this? How about go we go? Um, we start with our number, our third option, and work our way down. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Paul, you want to go first? First, either way. All right. My third option going forward is Saga. Uh, Just so everybody knows, I'm holding up the Arsenal scarf. <laughs> we never would have guessed. <laughs> it's not a visual medium, but. Um, I honestly, I think it's pretty self-explanatory at this point. Like Saka's found a great form the last five, six game weeks. He's finishing stuff like he was last year. Arsenal are absolutely clicking. They have a of any. Honestly, they probably. I mean, if you look at it, they play City in thirty and Villa in thirty-three. And besides that, it's not. It's not a crazy difficult stretch run like somebody like City have. So as a Saka owner or an Arsenal owner of an, of an asset, it, it looks good. And I think Saka is still going to keep producing. I mean, if you look, the attack feels like it's finally clicking now. So, mm-hmm. and we just know he just racks away points. Like he just, honestly, it's week after week. He just puts them in the bank and lets them sit, you know? So yeah, he's number yeah. three for me. Let's hear who wants to go next. I can go. Um, number three for me. And it, it's really hard. Um, Saka was in there, but um, since since he has he has been spoken for, um, yeah, I will I will go ahead and I'll say that someone that I think is going to be a must own and that I think will raise his value a lot in these next couple weeks is Son. Um, going forward, they do have a good like run of fixtures when say like City or. Um, Liverpool and all of them, they, they have a little bit more difficult. The only thing for me is that towards the end of the season, I mean, I let's see, they they end the season in like 33, 34, 35, 36 with Newcastle, City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. So those are very hard games, but I also know Spurs, um, and I know Son, and Son always, for some reason, just scores in big games. Yeah. And yes. even even if Spurs aren't playing very well, he he is like the one that will score. So I I just think that coming back, um, as long as he stays healthy, and especially with Madison back, once they kind of find their groove, I, I hope that Spurs get back to the way that they were at the beginning of the season. And Son would be a very good asset to have to close out the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I'm i currently on the Rich Charleston band just because I have him in my team currently. But apparently there are injury concerns. Maybe he's not training this week, so um, 
that's an easy move for me, right? If I do decide that I want to make the move to Son, it kind of lines up perfectly for my timeline and for my team where I can bring him in, have him for some really nice fixtures, and then just wildcard him out whenever the time comes for that. Um, so I really do like the shadow song. I think that my third choice is Salah, right? Um, I didn't put him higher because I feel like their fixtures are mixed going forward. Um, they do have City coming up. We don't know if he's healthy. And that that's another big part of why he's three on my list too. Because with this injury concern, I, I don't think we fully know what to expect. But just from what he's already been doing this season, it feels like Slaw has to be in the top three for the remaining of the season. And if you don't have him, you could be missing out on some really big points in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. He, um, it's funny, both the Sun and Salah are one and two on my list, not to spoil them. <laughs> I mean, like, of we've already discussed them, so a um, little spoilers for everybody. But I, I think that, like, Liverpool, like, I think any of the teams in the title run are really good teams to have assets in because they're going to have to try to score goals at the end of the day because it could come down to goal differential. So I, I don't think we're going to see times from here on out where teams kind of just ship it up in a second half and don't keep pressing the whole match for goals. And that's what we want. <laughs> we want goals in our team. So I think all these teams, like top the top three teams are great teams to invest in right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was a stat out there that January was the highest goals per match in yeah. Premier League history, which is great. But it's terrible for our defenses, right? It makes it so difficult to predict clean shots. I don't do. I don't even fucking want defenders on my team anymore. I would. <laughs> I would absolutely love if I could ship them out. Like if I could play two extra midfielders a week and sacrifice one whole position on the field, I would do that instead of playing three defenders. That's how over defenders I am right now. Yeah, it's insane. So, so who was your number two, Paul? Was it Son or was it was it Son? Son? It was Son. I dude, I'm I'm a full believer in Son and as Ainge has talked about in his pressers before that like there's something about their left wing, the way he sets his team up, that like the goals are just there in that position. And Son, since he's been back, he has one assist in the two fixtures and I don't know, like you were saying, Kyle, like with Madison back, with their attack, with them getting their midfielders back healthy, it just it just makes sense to Taps on your team because he's he's going to score. Like he, he at the end of the day, he just is. Yeah, and and kind of to Luke's point on Solanke earlier is that I feel like Son's one of those players. Is that if he if he starts, he's playing. Like he's not going to be someone who comes off the bench. It's if he's healthy, he will play. So yeah, and that, that's just because he's so important to what they do. Completely. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. He's he's crazy good. But does, no. does do we have any other names out there for? Every- yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm going with differentials too. Um, okay, cool. I think number number two on my list, and it, it's been someone that I've kind of had like a struggle with that I want to kind of get rid of them, but I just can't. Ollie Watkins, I yeah. think. Um, and let me let me confirm this, but I think Watkins is such a good pick because of his just contributions. He has. What he has fourteen goals, but he has fifteen assists on the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he is he is just so important 
and always involved in their play. Um, and to the fact of kind of like what you were saying, Paul, is that Aston Villa, even though they're not going for top three, is that they will be in a Europe um, like fight. They, they're going to either want Europa League or at the very least Conference League. They're in the position now to fight for that. So they have a pretty good run and they don't blank in 29. So... I mean, they still have City and Arsenal, City, Arsenal, and Liverpool to play, but those are all spread out by a couple game weeks. So, I just, I, I think he's someone that you have to have on your in your team, and he's kind of just proven that this this um, this year. And it, he's kind of like uh, Tony was for me last year. Is that I, I really wanted to get rid of Tony at multiple parts of the season, but he um, he just kept chipping away and getting a, a return. Um, maybe not huge hauls, but he was constantly returning and then he would have those one-off, um, you know, two, three goal games. So I just think that's, he's going to be important to have in your team. And if you don't have him in your team, I, I do think that you're going to regret it most weeks. That's yeah. me. That's me. I had Watkins <laughs> for a little while this season and I should have kept him because I mean, He's outscored Holland by 30 points this year, which, I mean, obviously Holland's been out. But, I mean, to outscore Holland, like... And you have to think, is that, like, what? He, he started off strong, and then there was that stretch kind of in the, like, middle beginning of the season where yep. people were like, okay, he, he only had a hot run. Like, he, yep. he's overrated. He's he's dropping off. But then, that was you know, once he, once he came back, he, he, he came back strong. And it, it's the same with... Um, Saka. Saka had that little yeah. stretch in the beginning of the season. And I think since they've gotten it out of their way out of the way for the season, I'm less like scared that they're gonna have another run of no returns. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think even go ahead, Luke, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say to a little, to an extent, Saka kind of scares me right now. Right. Over the past five weeks, he's performing overperforming his XG by almost three. Right. So essentially, like statistically, he has three goals that he shouldn't technically have, which is fine. like he's performing really well. And I think all of those goals were deserved. He's just in incredible form right now. I just worry he's going to come out of that form a little bit. Um, but they do have Sheffield next. And I could see them putting eight, nine, maybe even more past them if they are really inclined. Ten pointer. We're going I am. Ten pointer. I am. Um, I want to. I want to drop this, especially for you, Paul. Uh, just a quick question. We don't have to spend too much time on it. If or, or would you be scared to hold Arsenal assets if the title race is closed and Arsenal are in it? Would you be scared to hold Arsenal assets toward the end of the season, given what happened last year with them? Maybe getting a little nervous in the title race, um, being so close and, and leading for the majority of of the season. Do you think? maybe they slip up again and that pressure gets to them where maybe Saka doesn't perform as, as well, or their defense. If, if you have double up on Arsenal where they start leaking goals, um, mm. they, they've looked really hot the past couple weeks and really on form. But that is just one thing that I am a little worried about with Arsenal assets is that we saw it last year. They are still young. Um, now they do have experience, but are they still too young and will they maybe feel the pressure again? 
I, I have an answer, but Paul, you go first. I will, I'll follow up on you. Yeah. So, I, at the end of the day, I think last year fell a lot too. I think it was a little bit of an experience, but I think most of it was injuries and fatigue of the whole season that Arsenal doesn't seem to feel this year. Like, I think it, like if you looked at this point last year, which I don't, I don't know the exact numbers of when the decline started, but Arsenal are building at a point at, at a point in this season where they were not last year. And I feel like they're getting stronger. There's players coming back from injuries like Tommy Asu maybe back soon. Partey maybe back soon. Timber maybe back soon, which is honestly, I think how Arteta wants the whole team to play is like through Timber because he's such a good creative outlet on that left side. And they are um they, they are winning games that they need to win this year. I mean they they beat yeah. Liverpool. Um I think a bit a big one will be, you know, against against City. are they gonna be able to pass that test again with yeah. they are still neck and neck. I mean, City just kind of steamrolled them last year with that either experience and them so used to being in that position and probably having the endurance that um, mm-hmm. that Arsenal did not have last year. Yeah. So I think that'll be that'll be a really good test in the coming game week. In the coming game weeks. So I think so too. But last season I really think that City and Pep, they really just outsmarted Arteta. Um, the way that they isolate their center backs, and then you know you get that brilliant goal from Holland, and then KDB as well. KDB had a couple of incredible goals against Arsenal last season. Um, but I think something that's love playing Arsenal. He does. I think that kind of speaks to how Arsenal set up, right? Um, but my point on Arsenal that I think is a huge point in their season. First, having that winter break where they went to Dubai and trained, I think they've come back and looked a completely different team after going through that. I don't know what they did um, or specifically what changed at that point, like how they changed tactically. I think started inverting Ben White a little bit, and that's opened up a lot for them. Yeah. But at the same time, I think a huge flashpoint right now is what happens in Champions League with them. I was going to bring that up, Luke. Yeah, they're going back to the Emirates, down 1-0 on aggregate. And if they end up getting knocked out of the Champions League at this point, I think they're going to be really disappointed, and that's going to hit them pretty hard. Yeah. And that's going to, I think they'll play somewhere between 30 and 31 maybe is what I'm thinking, or maybe 29 and 28, I'm not sure entirely. But if that happens, I think you're going to see a little bit of a hangover on their part, and that can't happen in this title race. They have to be full steam ahead or they're going to get left behind like last year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that kind of adds on to my worry, too, is that, you know, they've been it's the first time that they've been in Europe for, for quite some time. And to, you know, have that happen to you where, like, they were on such a hot form, but once they got hit with that pressure of Europe in that first elimination, you know, um, mm-hmm. first elimination game, I, I know they're not eliminated yet, but um, we're in an elimination round that they kind of just, seemed off they seemed a little timid they seemed a little sorry i see you shaking your head ball you no you're leave. no you're completely right they, they didn't it just seems like shot on goal like yeah, yeah it just seems as though like once once they have like that little bit of like either nervous or a little bit of adversity they kind of just want to slow down a little bit where i i think arsenal's best <laughs> You know they've been playing free flowing, and just for that to kind of like halt them and 
mm-hmm. against a team that I think we all agree, not not to say that any game in the Champions League is easy at this point, but you would have expected them to take care of take care of business. So yeah, we'll see. I, I will say, I think the whole conversation around that Champions League match is different if they don't give up a world-class goal in the final minutes of it. Because, I mean, if you, I think if you go back to the Emirates with the nil-nil draw, I, th- I think Arteta would be perfectly happy with that because he, he knows yeah. what the Emirates is like this year and, like, big moments. Like, which, honestly, if I could go to one game this year, it would be to go to that Porto match because I feel like it's going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, it'll be pretty electric. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. But it, it is a question, though. I th- I'm, let me see what you all think about this. That if Arsenal do advance in the Champions League, they get past Porto. Do you think that decreases the Arsenal assets as time goes on if they're still in Champions League matches? No, not at all. I think so. Yeah, I think as they're continually playing, they are going to be fine. They're are they still in the FA Cup? I think they are. Right? No, wait. Did no. they lose to City? They're out. Yeah, so honestly, that helps, in my opinion. They don't have FA Cup to worry about. They're focusing on two competitions. They have a deep squad, too, right? So I think they'll rotate a little bit when they can. But I see doing both at the same time as something that's good for them. And I think it'll benefit run in both competitions. Yeah, and honestly, I think... So I know we're talking about Arsenal a lot, but I'm so interested to see how Arteta lines up against City when they play. Because... In my head, I think starting Jorginho actually makes a lot of sense. Because in the oh, look, I, I know I know you're shaking your head, but I think he offers so much more control and kind of lets Rice do a little bit more. I don't know. I kind of like it. I don't think so. I think he's going to get bossed by Rodri and the rest of City's midfield. Who are you talking about? The best DM in the world. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, you know who That's he is. Blasphemy. You cannot say Rice is better than him. You can get out of here if you say that. The, the, the player who won more trophies last year than he lost games. <laughs> and somehow was not in the team of the year. Yeah, it's insane. It baffles me. but um, Because he wouldn't be good in FIFA, so I mean, we all know that. <laughs> he was in FIFA's team of the year. He just wasn't in the uh, one that counted. <laughs> the one that actually mattered. Yeah. Um. Frauds. So I, I know we, we got we got a little off topic there. Um, Luke, who would your number two target be? <laughs> um, so my number two actually might surprise you all a little bit. Let me pull my notes up. Um, you're going with Bowen, right? No, 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 it's not Bowen. I actually think that Solanke is a must-have all the way up to game one thirty-eight. In my opinion, I really like I like their run of fixtures a lot. And I think you get him in now. Just let's look at 30 to 33. They have Everton at home, Crystal Palace at home, Luton away, Manchester United at home. Those four alone are a great time to have him. And I think a lot of people after this double are going to get rid of him. So I'm looking at that as an opportunity myself to keep him in my team because I think he's going to be a player who just continues to chip away at the points. Um, so I think, in my opinion, he's almost going to be a sort of different differential for the remainder of the season after 29. And I'm happily going to keep him in my team for the rest of the season, I think. And, you know, we'll see how form changes, but in my opinion, I think he's a must-have. I mean, he's the third forward in total points overall. So, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. If he keeps it, if it keeps this pace, then I mean that would pay out for you, you know, for us. Yeah. yeah, I'm um, I'm right there with you, Luke. And actually, Solanke was my number one. I think he uh, is. Uh, I think he is a must-have. I, I just think that, you know, he, you've highlighted their fixtures going forward, and I just think that the front three of Holland, Watkins, and Solanke is kind of like the one at this point of the season where it's real simple. Just set it and forget it. Like yeah. you, you'll have your you'll have your questions about who, who to captain each game week. Um, that you should, but I think midfield right now is kind of where. I'm trying to put my focus on, and I think those three will probably lead my front line for the rest of the season. Um, And like you said, I I think a lot of people are going to bring him in for this double, and then they're going to try and get rid of him and either make differentials about three big uh, midfielders with Holland and Watkins that they might sacrifice him, um, which I'm just not willing to do so yep yeah no i get that i feel that too um paul do you want to go with your number one pick i guess we already know at this point but go ahead it was salah but um for just for um enjoyment of our of our listeners i've decided to throw another name out there <laughs> here we go <laughs> that i think could be kind of fun mm-hmm. and i honestly i think um Cole Palmer is somebody that could surprise a lot of us. I think he's kind of like come back to earth a little bit from what he was as an FPL asset, but for his price point and like the fixtures that Chelsea have, I mean, if you look at it, they'll play Brentford, Burnley, United, Sheffield, Everton, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, like, he and he's just somebody that can any any given match like he can have a hat trick like he really like he turns up in positions and and cuckoo's out for the rest of the year basically now so it seems like he's going to still be playing in that role where he's playing through the middle so I, and some something I else to as mean, well he's also going to have two game weeks where they double right yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of teams will only have one Chelsea will have two guaranteed because they blinked in twenty six yeah uh, so. That is something to keep in mind as well. I think he does have really good fixtures, and I, I like that as a good shout. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a good shout. I, I just think it's not worth bringing him in until game week thirty. Yeah, yeah. With, their, with their with their fixtures, Brentford Castle, and then blanking, I wouldn't bother bringing him in um, until game week thirty, where, like you said, their their fixtures really do change. And what if you look at FDR ranking, like? They have one, which is Aston Villa, which is above three, mm-hmm. mostly mostly two, mm-hmm. ranking of twos, and then like two right. um, FDR rankings of three. So they do have a very favorable run of fixtures. So I think that is a good shout. Yeah. Something that I will say, for game week 27, Cole Palmer is a very, very cheeky captaincy option. Brentford, over the past five weeks, Brentford have conceded the highest XG by almost two, right? Yeah, right, right in time after I brought in uh, Regulon. <laughs> I know, right? That, I noticed that, and that was just really poor timing. Because Brentford had just gone. That's a good work, Kyle. Yeah. 
Um, with that being said, speaking of Brentford, I will pivot into my number one pick for the remainder of the season. Oh, and it so is Ivan, Ivan Tony. Damn it. Tony has, and Brentford have a really great run of fixtures, really starting at about 29, honestly, in my opinion. The few difficult matchups they have left are Villa, and that's it, right? Manchester United, if you want to count that. But all of these other teams that are playing, they're going to concede goals to them. Yeah. Um, and as we've seen time and time again, if Brentford score, it's going to be Tony. You know, he's going to be involved in some shape or form. He is so important to everything they do. Um, and I think he's going to become really popular. But going back to Kyle's point of having that the, the three-striker front of Watkins, Slanke, and Holland, who do you drop to get Tony in for? And that's where it gets really difficult because yeah. there are four really good options in life, maybe even more than that, right? We have a ton of really nice forwards that we can look at. And you just have to figure out what works for your team, right? What works for you as an FPL manager. And it, it's difficult, but if you make the right pick, it's going to, you know, it's going to benefit you really well in the long run. I, I could see it. And that's actually a really good shout come game week 33. If you switch from on game week 33 from Watkins to Tony, um, yeah. Aston Villa run of fixtures 33 onward is Arsenal, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Brighton, Liverpool, whereas Brentford's yeah. is Sheffield, Luton, Everton, Fulham, Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. So that is a lot more favorable, a lot more chance. And like you said, I mean, Tony is similar to Watkins in that like a lot of their build up plays through Tony. So yep. Yep. just kind of kind of depends on what their run of uh run of form is going into that. That might be a, a good shout to, to switch over. Yep. Yeah. I think you know we'll see how it plays out. Um, Brentford have been terrible as of late. Uh, but then if they start to turn it around, then definitely something to look at. Yeah, I agree. I like that. I like the shout of Tony. I think I I was playing with a lot of stuff today, different ideas, and he's probably going to be involved with my team. This is a PG podcast. Don't take that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for everybody out there. I, I promise not to do it on the podcast again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you weren't doing it on the podcast. You were doing it earlier. What are you talking about, Paul? All right, All right. This is this just got awkward. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Before it gets too bad, we'll get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my watch. Your watch is uh, sorry about what? I. That's a good question. <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess we're to the end of the podcast. Um, Kyle, thank you for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners out there? No, I mean, just just enjoy it because before you know it, we're going to be done with FPL and we're not going to know what to do with ourselves. So um, yeah. just, just Paul, enjoy Paul's it. Just, Paul's just going to be playing with himself. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm um, not going to make a comment. Our mother listens to this podcast, so. <laughs> we're gonna right. um, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say enjoy it. We are we are coming to a close of FPL. It, it's kind of the um, the peak of FPL season, and you know, try and make try and make 
strives. Um, I, I think this is the time of year where you really are just supposed to have fun with it. Um, if yeah. you are in a close title race, you're going to have to, at some point, get out of your comfort zone and make, make some tough calls and, and try and make up some ground. And it's really just make or break. So like if, if you're like our mini league where it's just winner take all, it doesn't matter who comes in second, who comes in, who comes in third. Um, yeah. Like Paul and I are, are, are second and third at the moment trying to catch Four Jerry. So behind you, dude. No, 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 no. You all are third and fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who came up in front of me now? One of the guys who now back. He passed yeah. you guys recently. Yeah, with yeah. my twenty-nine point game week last week, really, <laughs> really did it. That, that, was, that was a rough one. I I could feel your pain from here. Honestly, I was a big fan of that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're gonna have to make some tough calls. Um, it is chip season as well. You know, make a plan. Try and try and use them wisely. And mm-hmm. like we've kind of talked about, don't leave it too late where you're kind of forcing your hand. Um, I know I still have free hit bench boost and triple captain. So um, if you do happen to have those three and a wild card, just try not and leave it too late because then you're kind of forcing your hand and minimizing uh, impact. Yeah. I did the same last season. I definitely regret that. I left my wild card too late um, and then didn't really have a good way to use it. Right. I couldn't capitalize on it too much. Um, Paul, do you have any final thoughts for listeners of um, I think kind of a lot of what Kyle said, but like the, I think the, one of the biggest things going forward is figuring out where you want to use your chips, how you can maximize each week. Because I mean, then in the day, like if you can sneak in a good 29 and then 34 and 37, <laughs> I thought you were making a joke about 29 points. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, my brain was thinking of something else, but, um, it, it really just seems like, Especially like Kyle said, if you're close in your mini league, there is going to be a template way to play this going forward. And if you know the other managers in your league, some of those people may do exactly what the template says. So kind of making your own decisions that are different and maybe maybe their chances, maybe it's whatever, but like play the game where it's fun. But at the end of the day, that's why we do this because we enjoy it. It maximizes our Premier League fan experience. So just enjoy it, but plan it out. And at the end of the day, it's a game. Just have fun with it, you know? Yep. Yep. I think that's great advice for everyone out there, Paul, because, you know, we spend a lot of time with it. We think about it a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, we just, you know, we do it because we want to enjoy it and have a good time with it. So, um, well, we wish everyone good luck with Game Week 27. Um yeah. And we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. As as always, Kyle, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, uh, really Kyle. Appreciate really appreciate it. Being on the pod, and we will see you in Nashville. Yes, yes, everyone, see you in Nashville Fan Fest. <laughs> Excited to be there with the with the twins. So, um, thank you guys for having me, and and looking forward to these these last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, you too. Um, well, thanks everyone. All right, thanks guys.